Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Week 11, just this close to being done tonight in Mexico City. You got the Chargers and the Chiefs, but we have a whole lot to talk about before we get there. Frankie, how was your weekend? Weekend was pretty fun here, Greg. Obviously a great Week 11 of fantasy football action. We'll talk all about that. That today, the winners, the losers, the eh situations. But it was a good week, a weekend, Greg. I, I had a lot of time to relax. It was much needed. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, Saturday was Judy's birthday, so it was more celebrating for us. Happy birthday, Judy. Happy birthday to Judy. Busy month for you. <laughs> Very busy month for you. The rest you. of my life, it'll be a busy month for me. <laughs> um, and then yesterday, I was here, helped out on the morning show, produced a little bit. Watched some football, made some spaghetti and meatballs last night. Ooh. All as well. Stepping it up, Greg. All right. That's what I like to hear. A little bit of the pasta. Sounds good, bro. No, I make good meatballs, man. Gotta come over and try them. I had time. some uh, pasta slices of pizza from the local pizzeria as well. There you go. Rigatoni alla vodka slices. How about that? Sounds delicious. It's very good. Sounds very, very <laughs> good. I needed a salad for lunch today and I achieved that. Yeah, no salad for me. What are you having for lunch? What are you, what are you eating today? Had- I don't have time to eat, Greg. We only have time to work. It's all we have time to do right now, Frank. <laughs> it's literally all we have time to do. All right. Uh, let's get into it. Let's begin our recap from this past week. And it begins in Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson, the favorite, I'd say, for the MVP award right now, was downright dominant in a monstrous victory over the Houston Texans. Well, Greg, he was dominant like he always is. You know, people talking about him as they should be. More so in the MVP conversation, him and Russell Wilson there at the top. Christian McCaffrey, maybe, if the Panthers would have shown up yesterday, would be in that conversation as well. But another four passing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. If you were holding a over-under ticket, an over-ticket for Lamar Jackson's passing touchdowns, you might as well go ahead and cash that ticket <laughs> because it was 16 and a half on the season. He surpassed that yesterday. I have that ticket. I hope you do as well. Another 86 yards rushing. I mean, the guy's just ridiculous, Greg. He's on pace for over 3,000 passing yards, over 1,000 rushing yards, and he's starting to make all the throws now as a quarterback as well. I mean, this is the second time this season, Greg, that he has four 
passing touchdowns, four or more passing touchdowns in a game, a 139.2 passer rating yesterday. The guy is just an animal. He's been ridiculous. Yeah, he's been absolutely insane. It's not just kind of like Dak Prescott. We'll get to this in a few moments. Beating up on bad teams. Like Lamar Jackson's dominating good teams. The class of the AFC, New England and Houston, two in the last three weeks. He has dominated them, man. This is a different guy, a different player than we saw last year. And he has more confidence. We know what he can do running the football. And now you know what he can do passing the football as well. He is has shown touch, the ability to throw it deep. It's been otherworldly. It hasn't necessarily worked out for the wide receivers for this Baltimore Ravens team. We've seen a lot of Mark Ingram, a lot of Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson has been, like we said, there's no other words to describe him. Yeah, Greg, I have Hollywood Brown as a loser from yesterday. The reason being, he has not had more than four targets in a game since returning from injury. Now, I understand a lot of these games have been blowouts where they don't really need him to do anything. And, you know, they're playing with a positive game script where they're just turning and handing the ball off to Mark Ingram or handing the ball off to Gus Edwards and those guys are making plays. Or Lamar Jackson is just going out there and running by himself. But ultimately... We have to start to downgrade Hollywood Brown because I really liked him for this matchup. It was a good matchup. The Houston Texans secondary is not a good one. Lamar Jackson still threw for four touchdowns yesterday. And the upcoming schedule, this is the main part, Greg. The next three games for the Baltimore Ravens at the LA Rams. So that means Hollywood Brown is likely going to see Jalen Ramsey. Sure. Then the San Francisco 49ers, who they have one of the best secondaries in the league. Yep. And then after that, they face the Buffalo Bills. Again, a tough matchup for wide receivers, likely going to see Tredavious White. So I think we have to start to downgrade Hollywood Brown more so into that boom-bust, low-end wide receiver three territory. I think so, too. I don't think you could rely on Hollywood Brown as you did earlier this year, unfortunately. I completely, completely agree with you. Let me go to the other side with the Houston Texans, where Deshaun Watson had the biggest defeat in his football career yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. Really? Where'd you hear that, Greg? No, I'm just because the broadcast said it like 12 times, times dude, in a matter of a minute. This is the biggest deficit of his career. This is the, the, the biggest margin of, of loss that he's ever yep. suffered in his college and his NFL career, which, okay, that's fine. Like, we understand, you know, you could have said it, you know, one, two, maybe three times. But, yep. dude, how many times did they say that yesterday? I mean, this was bad. He was sacked six times. We know that the Texans' offensive line is not a good one. But coming into this game, the Baltimore Ravens were in the bottom of the league in pressures, Greg. So I know that they have a good defense. I I will credit that to their secondary. These were coverage sacks, right? Because you see Deshaun Watson running around, running for his life. And usually after he runs around, he makes crazy plays. He throws the ball down the field to DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, one of the tight ends, whatever it might be. That didn't happen yesterday. This Baltimore Ravens secondary is legit, Greg. Since they have acquired Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith has come back from injury, we're talking about one of the best secondaries in the league right now. And the broadcast also brought this up, so I will give them credit. But Marcus Peters is playing at an all-pro level once again. Sure. I mean, he it, limited DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. You, that pass interference was very obvious. So we're trying and to figure out what's changed in Marcus Peters. Like, why he's all of a sudden good again. It could be the scheme. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't know much about the Ravens' defense in terms of do they play more man coverage, do they play more yep. you know, zone coverage, but the scheme might just be a better fit for Marcus Peters. And we've always known this. We know that he's a talented player. He's more of a you know, he's a gambler. He takes risk. You know, he's willing to jump routes in order to get interceptions and yep. and break up passes, but at times he gives up big plays as well. But you know, credit to this Ravens defense. Deshaun Watson, one of the biggest losers from yesterday, did not Register a touchdown, threw an interception, sacked six times. DeAndre Hopkins, fine, seven receptions for 80 yards, but he's not really giving you what you were expecting coming into the season either. This entire Houston Texans team yesterday, 
They were all losers, Greg. They really were. Every single one of them a complete loser. Outside of Carlos Hyde. That's exactly what I was about <laughs> Your to boy. say. Your boy! My boy! Carlos Hyde got in the end What's zone. What's dead may never die. Let's go! <laughs> More winners, losers. Eh. It's all coming up! You're in the BFFs. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, back with you, live on YouTube, Sports Grid Network. That's where you find us. Follow us everywhere. Cashy, get on the grid and join us. He's Frank. I'm Greg. Please join us here at Sports Grid Network, where we're public. Join the grid, where we are now public. That is correct, Greg. And subscribe. Subscribe to the network. Yeah, Follow man. us on Instagram, watch all around. On, watch us on Zumo. Watch Z- 719? Zumo Channel 719. Stir? Yeah. Got a lot of Come fun on, things going watch on. watch us. Let's go, Greg. All right, let's go indeed. It's that time of the week. Let's get into it. We're going to tell you who won, lost, and was kind of eh yesterday around the NFL. The BFFs presents Winners. I won. I won. You're a winner. Losers. You suck. You are one pathetic loser. And... Eh? Oh man, I have no idea what's going on. Let's begin later in the day yesterday between Arizona and San Francisco. It was a good game with Jimmy G having a monster outing, leading the 49ers from a come-from-behind victory. So Jimmy G, he was a winner. Well, my biggest story from this game, the biggest loser. That is David Johnson. David Johnson, Greg, the biggest loser, and how can you argue with that? He was on the field for a few snaps yesterday, but you wouldn't have known because... Nine! Nine snaps! Greg, can you tell me uh, how many total yards he had yesterday? Uh, I can, because it was as many as you and I had, Frank, combined. That is exactly correct, Greg. That is zero total yards for David Johnson. Uh, clearly just not healthy or falling out of the rotation, man. The rotation here with the Arizona Cardinals. Kenyon Drake played 58 snaps, just eight for David Johnson. We had 23 total running back opportunities for Kenyon Drake in this game. 16 carries, seven targets. David Johnson, donut, donut. Donut. Lots of donuts all around here when it comes to David Johnson. I mean, I think that you can argue that he is a drop candidate at this point. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this is kind of like a Chiefs running back situation where, all right, this guy isn't part of the rotation, this guy's inactive, and then the next week things change. So, look, in deeper leagues, obviously you're still holding on to David Johnson. But, but here's the thing. The Cardinals are on bye next week. Cardinals right? are on a bye. Cardinals are on a bye in week 12. You are desperate to win, desperate to get in the playoffs. You're you talking got, about it dropping a first-round pick in fantasy football. He was benched yesterday. I can't blame you, man. I, uh, that's why I brought it up as well. Like, and when you it's get, hard to argue with it. And when you get out of the bye, Chase Edmonds might be ready. Then who knows where the hell he slots in. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation right now. So if you wanted to drop David Johnson, if you really need that roster spot, 
I don't think it's crazy. I don't really know how this is going to turn around. You know, even last week against Tampa Bay, he only had five carries for two yards. He had one reception. He lost a fumble, and it seemed like this performance by Kenyon Drake was really a reaction to how bad David Johnson was last week. Like, this was almost a, just a benching. Either he's not healthy, or he has really fallen out of the graces he of the Arizona Cardinals. He says he's healthy, man. But they owe him so much money. They just signed him to a contract extension. Guaranteed him 25 mil. So it's a very, very odd situation. I would imagine that he is not healthy here, but yeah, from a fantasy football perspective, he's on a bye. You need that roster spot. I can't blame you if you want to drop David Johnson now. Coming out of the bye, Greg, they'll have the Rams, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Seahawks. The Rams and Steelers are tough matchups right now for running backs as well. On the other side, when it's speaking of running backs, Tevin Coleman could not take advantage without Matt Breida. He carried the ball 12 times, 14 yards. Raheem Mostert carried the ball six times, 13 yards. The running game was not working at all yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Tevin Coleman did give you 48 yards through the air. Of course, 37 came on the first play of the second half. And Jeff Wilson Jr. stole his touchdown yesterday through the air. But kind of a disaster game if you started any of the Cardinals, any of the 49ers running backs. Any running backs in general outside of Kenyon Drake. He was pretty good. But yeah, you're right. The 49ers, it was a mess yesterday. 37 snaps for Tevin Coleman. He had 16 running back opportunities. Couldn't really do anything with that outside of that one reception. As you mentioned, Raheem Mostert, 35 snaps. So pretty even split between him and Coleman. He only had six carries and three targets. Couldn't make the most out of that. And then how about this, Greg? The kicker. Not, not like the kicker for the 49ers. The kicker as in what I'm about to tell you is completely ridiculous. Jeff Wilson plays one snap, Greg. What are you doing that snap? Touchdown! 25-yard touchdown reception. It couldn't even go to Mostert or Tevin Coleman, which, most, with, which many people were starting yesterday. Jeff Wilson was not started anywhere. Jimmy Garoppolo threw, some, threw two bad interceptions, but overall, pretty damn good game from here. Four touchdowns, 424 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt. We know that the matchup against the Arizona Cardinals is a very good one. Do not be scared of Patrick Peterson. Since he has returned, he has not been the Patrick Peterson of old. You can still take advantage of the secondary when it comes to streaming quarterbacks against them. And then Kyler Murray, Greg, how about this? The only quarterback, and now he's done it twice, to exceed over 25 fantasy points in a game against the 49ers. He's done it two times now in his last three games. Absolutely. Jimmy G loves facing off against the Arizona Cardinals. Tevin Coleman doesn't really like facing off against the Arizona Cardinals. 49ers find a way to win, and Debo Samuel has just been, as you mentioned, out of control good right now for this Niners team. Is he a must-start every week? Yeah, I mean, we got to take a look at the matchups here. I haven't looked into the 49ers' schedule, but this is back-to-back 100-yard games. You know, the targets have been pretty consistent, at least... You know, I'm, I'm, there you go. I'm looking at Curtis Samuel. How about that, Craig? That's Last not, name is correct, but back-to-back 100-yard games, the targets have been there for Debo Samuel as well. Uh, I don't know that... What do you consider a must-start? Like a top 24 wide receiver? I probably wouldn't yeah. say that, but I, I think he's in the wide receiver three conversation. I had him just outside my, my top 36 wide receivers because I thought that Emmanuel Sanders being there was going to hurt him. But obviously, Sanders still was not 100% healthy. Uh, it's back-to-back games of double-digit targets for Debo Samuel. Coming up, he has Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans. All right, well, you know, I- I'm going to like him against Green Bay. He's going to be a wide receiver three there. Uh, but Baltimore's uh, the, the Ravens secondary, as we've talked about, Greg, they're, they're playing pretty damn well right now. They certainly are. The Ravens have been good. That game has not been flexed, by the way. It's going to stay at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, on that Sunday. Let me move on, Frank. Uh, let me hit another game, and that is Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts face off against Jacksonville. 
and they just straight dominate them. They just dominate them in every facet of the game. We saw Nick Foles return, had a great first drive, was five or six, had a touchdown. We're like, all right, nice. That was the end of that. The Colts ran all over the Jags. Marlon Mack was awesome until he broke his hand, and then it became the Jonathan Williams show. Back from the dead indeed. Yeah, let's start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I was really interested to see what the target share breakdown would be here with Nick Foles back, his first game playing quarterback with the team once again. We thought that that would mean good things for D.D. Westbrook. No, 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 not so fast. D.J. Chark, do, 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 do. 15 targets yesterday accounted for 32% of the Jaguars' target share, 52% of their air yards. So we said this on Friday heading into this game that D.J. Chark, He's just too talented, and the plays that he's made this year, the plays that he makes down the field, I mean, he is a legitimate wide receiver one in the NFL, and he is proving that right now. Uh, He is, you know, for fantasy purposes, he's a top 15 wide receiver. I feel good saying that. Uh, Chris Conley, second on the team with eight targets here. Greg Leonard Fournette, third on the team with seven targets. D.D. Westbrook, all the way down at six targets. He was fourth on the team. You know, I think we sh- we could throw a little bit of cold water on the D.D. Westbrook love for now. On the other side of the ball, Greg, you mentioned it. We had the uh, the dual tor- tornado, the, the double spin move by Marlon Mack yesterday. That was awesome, and he was running really well, had a touchdown, but ultimately ended up breaking his hand. As you mentioned, it's his right hand. It's the one that he uses to yep. hold on to the football. So we're not going to see him this week. They play Thursday night football. I saw an Adam Schefter report that said they don't think it's season ending, but that tells me... He's probably going to miss at least a few weeks here. Greg. I don't know, man. Uh, players have been able to play through this injury. Obviously, not yeah. ideally running backs. Yeah, but defensive players usually like to have the club, club, you know? Right. But it's harder to do that as a running back. So, man. Jonathan Williams, we'll talk more about him on tomorrow's show, obviously. He really stepped in. looked great. We'll see what happens to Jordan Wilkins, how quickly he can come back. But we know that the Colts want to rush the football. He could be somebody that, at least this week... Very, very beneficial to fantasy teams. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they play on Thursday Night Football, short week, divisional matchup, very important game for the AFC South against the Houston Texans. The Texans entered yesterday with a really good run defense, and then the Baltimore Ravens ran all over them. This could end up being a messy situation, though, because, again, you do have to pay attention to Jordan Wilkins. He was questionable for most of last week, so it seemed like, you know, he still had a chance to play yesterday, and ultimately he didn't. And Jonathan Williams took advantage of that. 29 snaps, 14 total touches, 147 total yards. But if Jordan Wilkins plays, that's going to change things here for the Colts here. And uh, if you do need a PPR option, Naheem Hines going up against these Texans, Greg. Mark Ingram just had two receiving touchdowns, so he's definitely in play as well. All right, we'll take a break. We have a lot more to get to, including in Detroit. Both sides of that game and a lot to do. It's the BFFs. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Do you want to earn two risk-free wagers of up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid. Nobody with PointsBet sports wagering account. It's the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concepts where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the Chiefs as road favorites, 
Well, they're both on the road. It's in Mexico City. But if you bet the Chiefs as favorites at four, minus four and a half, and they beat the Chargers by seven points, you receive seven times your stake. That's pointbet.com slash grid. You enter the promo code grid, and you'll get two risk-free bets so up to $1,000 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Website for details. Yes, you're giving me a stare. It's a great read, Greg. You're oh, doing a great job. Like I'm trying my best. <laughs> We're all trying our best. That all, isn't that all I can do? That's all we can do. I'm trying Greg. my best here. That's all we can do. Thank you. Shall we move on? Let's go. Can we get in the Lions? Can we I get can't believe the- we just talked about Jonathan Williams. Like, I really had to think about that during the break. This is the Jonathan Williams from oh, yeah, the right. Buffalo Bills from a couple years ago. And the right? New Orleans Saints. Do you remember? It was LaShawn McCoy, McCoy and Jonathan Williams, and I cut. I will never forget this. I drafted Alvin Kamara. Before the season began, I cut Alvin Kamara because everyone was raving about Jonathan Williams. You're not wrong. He didn't make the team, Frank. He didn't I guess, I guess make you were, the team. I guess you were wrong. I was dead wrong. <laughs> Alvin Kamara just goes out to be a generational running back. I don't sit with that. But yeah. Uh, man, Jonathan Williams is very much back in the swing of things. He's back. As is Bo Scarborough. The Lions may have lost at Ooh. home yesterday to the Dallas Cowboys, 35-27. Oh Bo Scarborough God. opened up a lot of eyes. He had 14 carries, the most of any Lions running back uh, since Carrion Johnson did it like six weeks ago. 14 carries, 55 yards, a touchdown. J.D. McKissick, next running back up, had just three carries on the day. The Cowboys, on the other hand... Well, it was a Dak Prescott show. He threw for 444 yards passing yesterday. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott, touchdown dependent Ezekiel Elliott. He had 45 yards on the ground. He had 28 through the air, including the uh, receiving touchdown, a 17-yard touchdown that he did the Dak afterwards as a celebration. Oh, I love that. It was good. And that was kind of the game. That was kind of the game. Let's start on the Detroit Lions side of things, Greg. Bo Scarborough. Yeah, I brought this up downstairs and I called him Derrick Henry Light because the guy is like six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. I responded calling him Derrick Henry Heavy. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. I, was like, Thanks, I man. thought that was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. Thanks, man. But former Alabama running back, we all thought, maybe not all of us, but a few of us thought that Bo Scarborough was gonna be a thing in the NFL. Hasn't necessarily happened until now. And I said this on the FanDuel Hurry Up, that video coming out shortly as well. So make sure you look out for that on Sports Grid. But I think that they wanted a between-the-tackles runner, Greg, a pure running back, an early downs running back, and I think that that's what they have in Bo Scarborough because Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick, to their credit, they are more satellite backs. They are more change of pace, third down backs, guys that you can throw the ball to. I don't know that either one of those guys was a running back that they can rely on to handle early down workload, you know, just running between the tackles and, and picking up that short yardage as well. And that's what Bo Scarborough did yesterday. I mean, he scored a rushing touchdown, which, you know, when was the last time a Lions running back sure. scored a rushing touchdown? It feels like you know we've been trying to get production out of this position for a while, and Bo Scarborough was able to do that yesterday, played 49% of the snaps and finished with 55 rushing yards and a touchdown, much like Jonathan Williams. If you need a running back heading into next week, I think that he will be one of the more popular ones on the waiver wire, Greg. When it comes to the Lions pass catchers, Marvin Jones, four for 43 and two touchdowns. I'm not necessarily going to call him a winner, but he had a good game yesterday. We couldn't give one of those to Kenny Galladay, really. Kenny Galladay has the late grab, you know, down the field, the the big catch, doing his best Calvin Johnson impersonation there, Greg. That's all he had. Five targets, one catch, 34 yards. It's very clear that... No, he is not going to be the wide receiver to Kenny Galladay as long as Jeff Driscoll is the quarterback there. Dak Prescott, man, keep on doing that Dak dance. Do whatever you want. 
because it is working. I guess we're we're going to find out because they face the New England Patriots coming up next week, Greg. But 444 yards and three touchdowns, massive game. Dak Prescott is on pace for over 5,000 passing yards. Just incredible. Ezekiel Elliott, you're right, Greg. I mean, something's going on with him, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's Zeke-related. He is not running the ball efficiently. Not really, be, not really used a ton in the past game either. So I'm not going to go as far as to say he is solely touchdown-reliant, but over the past two weeks... Kind of in touchdown reliant. It's kind of interesting because last week the Cowboys got a ton of a ton of crap, right? Because Dak Prescott was so successful and they went away from him because they kept trying to establish Ezekiel Elliott, establish Ezekiel Elliott. One of the things we really liked about Zeke coming into the year, besides being awesome, was that this Cowboys offense re- revolves around Zeke. Well, what we didn't realize was Kellen Moore's offense doesn't necessarily revolve around Zeke. And yeah, they need to keep Zeke involved in the game plan, but he's certainly looked a step slow, or I don't want to say big, but He's not as shifty as I think we're used to seeing from Ezekiel Elliott. And this offense is much better when they've gone through Dak Prescott rather than Ezekiel Elliott. Sure, he had over 100 yards against the Giants, but everyone kind of does. He had 100 yards against the Eagles too, though. I mean, that's pretty impressive. As an Ezekiel Elliott owner, would you be nervous? Uh, personally, no. Because, yes, he's been held under 50 rushing yards each of the past two games. But the three games before that, he rushed for over 100 yards in each of those. I mean, he has a touchdown in... Well, a lot of games. Every game but three so far this season. So, yeah, I mean, he's scoring. We know that he's using the red zone. Tony Pollard scored the receiving touchdown yesterday, but that was on a third down play. So I think it makes sense why Tony Pollard was on the field. And ultimately, you know, the past two games have not been great, but next week he faces the Patriots, who, yes, they limited Miles Sanders yesterday, but, you know, over the past month or so, they've given up bigger uh, bigger games against running backs, big rushing performances. Then Zeke gets the Buffalo Bills in Week 13. Should be able to run against them. That's the way to attack that defense. Then he gets the Chicago Bears, who just made Todd Gurley look like Todd Gurley again. So, you know, I understand your your, your caution here, Greg. You know, your worry. But ultimately, I think that these are three matchups coming up in a row that Ezekiel Elliott should be able to take advantage of. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott getting back on track, hopefully. Dak Prescott, are you buying him? Well, the schedule for him, you know, is a little bit tougher because going up against that Patriots secondary, you know, I, I think that you know, the Cowboys are going to try and hold on to the ball a little bit more there and run it and, you know, r- not really try to attack the secondary. You know, really, those next three matchups, they're kind of the inverse of each other where, you know, I, I feel good about Ezekiel Elliott, but I can't really say the same thing about Dak Prescott. I think you're going to continue to go with Dak just because of you know what his upside has been so far this sure. season. He's probably more of a lower end QB one in these matchups, Greg, but the Patriots, still a really strong secondary. You saw that yesterday. Carson Wentz struggled against this Patriots defense. The Buffalo Bills, Ryan Fitzpatrick did not really do much yesterday either. We know that they have one of the stronger secondaries. And then the Bears, you can actually run now on the Bears as we've continued to talk about. Akeem Hicks goes down. Change everything. Now you want to attack you know, that, that Bears defense by running the football. You don't necessarily want to throw. So I feel a little bit better about Zeke than I do about Dak in that passing game moving forward. Fair enough. The As you mentioned, the matchups for Dak, not nearly as easy as they were the last couple of weeks when he really got hot. We'll see if Zeke is the one to be able to take advantage of that. Something else we, we've talked about off air, and that's the renaissance of his Atlanta Falcons defense. We called Dan Quinn a dead man walking, but out of the bye... His defense has been a whole lot better. I know that they've changed up who's calling the plays. Uh, Dan Quinn no longer calls defensive plays. They've separated it by downs. You have Raheem uh, Raheem Morris calling it on third downs, another guy calling it on first and second down. Whatever they're doing, 
it's working. They held the Saints and Drew Brees to nothing. They held Carolina to literally three points yesterday. Atlanta, listen, they're not good. They're not going to the playoffs, but really impressive performance by this defense. Atlanta's defense, a huge winner over the past two weeks, and I think you want to pick them up for fantasy because they're going up against Jameis Winston and the Bucks next week. We know how turnover-prone Jameis Winston has been, not only this season, not even recently, but throughout his entire career. So I love that Falcons defense. They limited Drew Brees to just nine points last week. They just decimated Kyle Allen yesterday, Greg. Five sacks, four interceptions. They limited the Panthers to three points as well. So you're right. Whatever they're doing, continue doing it because that Falcons defense is playing extremely, extremely well right now. Brian Hill, Greg, I thought was a huge loser from yesterday. Quadre Allison, uh, Vultures a touchdown away from him, but they couldn't run against a team that had been very bad against the run on the season in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they were able to throw, though. I think we're starting to see a little bit of a shift here in the way that you want to attack the Panthers is their secondary has been very beat up, and I think that we're starting to see, you know, Calvin Ridley, eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Monster game. You want to, you wanted more out of Julio Jones, but I, I think that this was an indication of things to come, Greg. Without Austin Hooper, we saw more targets, and we saw more efficiency for Calvin Ridley yesterday. It was a much better game for Calvin Ridley. He's clearly the biggest beneficiary of Austin Hooper being out. He stepped up. Julio is Julio, and that's fine. Brian Hill, big loser, uh, as you've said all day long. Yeah, definitely. On the other side, your boy DJ Moore, man. Shout out to the Maryland Terps. This guy has been so consistent, even with Kyle Allen really regressing the past month or so. DJ Moore, just, you know, the targets have been there. The receptions, the yards have been there. He's perfect for PPR. He's not scoring touchdowns. You know, he only has one touchdown on the season. You would think that, you know, based on the yardage total that he has, that more touchdowns are going to come. I don't think that you change anything, right? Like, if you have DJ Moore, just keep rolling him out there. This was a disappointing game for Curtis Samuel. But again, he's had at least six targets in every game since I believe it's week two or week three. So the targets have actually been pretty consistent for him as well. All right, let's, uh, let me go and move on. Frank, keep it running. We've got about a minute to go uh, before the break. So let me get to Minnesota and Denver because this game was wild. Denver, uh, look at they had Minnesota's number the entire first half. They were up 20 at halftime. Next thing you know, Minnesota Vikings score on all of their second-half possessions and come back and defeat the Broncos 27-23. Brandon Allen could not get it into the end zone at the end of the game. Stephon Diggs really stepped up in this one. Cortland Sutton is clearly awesome. Uh, those are my biggest takeaways from this one. Yeah, and I would have Stefan Diggs and Kyle Ruff in the eh category really? here, Greg, because I, you know, they're heading into a bye in week 12, and then coming out of the bye, I Adam would expect Thielen. Adam Thielen to be back. And again, you know, Stefan Diggs has been very boomer bust. He has not, he's not seeing big target numbers. He only had five targets yesterday, and he caught all of those. Now, he does see deep targets, which is good for fantasy, but he's more of a you know, boom bust. Low-end wide receiver, too. Adam Thielen is going to be back for this team as well. You know that they want to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. And I think the same could be said for Kyle Rudolph. Irv Smith, more involved yesterday, scored a touchdown. So, I mean, I would put those guys in the ad category. Portland Sutton. Awesome, man. Amazing. Awesome. You want to target target this Vi- uh, Viking secondary with wide receivers right now. I got more to come when it comes back to the Broncos. Yep. We'll do that next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made.
All right, back here, all the BFFs, lots to do, little time to do. We're talking about Denver, and lots to get out of this game. Cortland Sutton's awesome, right? He's awesome. He's going to be somebody that a lot of people are on next year, depending on who the quarterback is in Denver. My other takeaways are Noah Fant's 11 targets. Like, this is what we've been waiting for, right? 11 targets yesterday, and it was just constant. I mean, that's what 11 is, but... It was just constant peppering with Noah Fant. Four for 60 was the final total. Since Brandon Allen's been there, he's just, and Manuel Sanders left, it's been all Noah Fant all the time, which has been amazing. Tim Patrick was activated off IR. He immediately stepped into the starting lineup uh, over um, Deshaun Hamilton. Eight targets yesterday for Tim Patrick, four for 77. Yeah, I do have slight interest in Tim Patrick in deeper leagues as well. Again, you mentioned his first game back, saw the eight targets, Noah Fant, 11 targets in this game. And it kind of comes at the expense of the running backs because they're not throwing to the running backs as much, Greg. So this is now confirmed. Last week or two weeks ago, whenever the Broncos played last, we had worried that the that Brandon Allen didn't throw the ball to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman because Joe Flacco, that's basically all he did. He kept targeting the running backs. But now this is a two-game sample size that we have where Brandon Allen does not like to throw the ball to the running backs. So I think that is something that we can actually you know hang our hat on and pay attention to moving forward. They said they wanted to get Philip Lindsay more involved yesterday, Greg. He played more than double the amount of snaps that Royce Freeman did. Uh, and he had 18 running back opportunities to just nine for Royce Freeman. But yeah, if you need a running back, the Noah Fant call, I think that's a really good one. He only came down with four for 60, but you know, they were just force feeding him. Even on that final play of the game where you know they were down on the goal line, they chose to throw the ball to Noah Fant, of all people. So they're trying to get him more involved, and you know I think that that's something that you should pay attention to from a fantasy perspective for sure. Doing everything they can to get Noah Fant involved. And as you also said, this Viking secondary, which we're so used to avoiding, now should be targeted. Yeah. Coming into this game, Greg, they were allowing the most receptions to wide receivers in the entire NFL. And I tweeted this out last week, Drink, that if Brandon Allen could just be adequate, then Cortland Sutton was going to have a big game. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I think that we can also uh, give some credit to Cortland Sutton on, on the pass that he threw to Tim Patrick. Did you see that? That yeah. was ridiculous. It was awesome. Dude, that was awesome. It was awesome. You start for the Bengals right now, quarterback. They were trying to be creative, man. <laughs> like they, they ran that play twice, the, the second uh, two plays in a row. Corn Sutton threw it the first time and then kept running the second time. Very, very cool. Yeah, they're finding ways, like creative ways to just get Corlin Sutton the ball. Like that's how much they like him. 113 receiving yards. He had two rushes for 10 yards, and he had that 38-yard pass attempt. Like they want to get Cortland Sutton involved. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Let me move on, Frank. Continue on around the NFL. And I want to get to the New York Jets and the Washington football team. As the Jets were able to defeat Washington yesterday, 34-17, it wasn't that close. Uh, my biggest takeaway outside of uh, the Jets, of course, Dwayne Haskins is horrific. Like, beyond. And sure, he's a good guy. Goes to his offensive line. What can I do? Tell me what I can do to help you. Please, let me know. You suck, bro. Why are you being such a hater on Dwayne Haskins? He sucks! <laughs> I bet you feel pretty good with Danny Dimes right now. Feel compared fantastic. to Dwayne Haskins. Fantastic. Yeah, he's not good, and I said this at the time when he came in to that game against Andy the Vikings. And he spurned Maryland. He committed to Maryland and then left for Ohio oh, State. so now the truth is coming out here, Greg. I said this at the time when he entered that game on Thursday Night Football against the Vikings when Case Keenum originally got hurt, that if he is the starting quarterback, then Terry McLaurin is nothing more than a wide receiver four, and I actually got some backlash on that. Well, how's it looking right now? He had three receptions for 69 yards. Not really nice because, you know, all of those came basically on one play late in the game when this game was all but said and done. A 41-yard catch you know, in the final minutes of this game. And Terry McLaurin's value is basically 
it's all sapped. It's all sapped now with, with Dwayne Haskins as the quarterback. He's really talented, but he is not talented enough to yeah. overcome the play of Dwayne Haskins. On the Jets side of things, Greg, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. This is a big waiver wire week for your New York Jets because they're going up for your New York Jets. Like you're a, a, a Jet fan, right? Like as if you would be as dumb as me to be a Jet fan. Sam Darnold. Four touchdowns, first time he's done that in his career. Now going up against the Oakland Raiders, the way to attack that defense is through the air. Their secondary is not a good one. Crowder is going to be awesome in that game. But if you need a quarterback, Sam Darnold is there. And then Ryan Griffin, Greg. We all wanted Chris Herndon to be a thing. Ryan Griffin, over 100 yards yesterday with a receiving touchdown. He had the big two-touchdown game against the Jaguars a couple of weeks ago as well. You know They throw the ball to the short to intermediate routes. And that means that Jamison Crowder and Ryan Griffin are just going to continue to have big games. For sure. Ryan Griffin is a much like Noah Fant. Someone that a tight end that I think we can count on here down the stretch, utilized in this offense. You have to love what you're seeing from Ryan Griffin. All right. Let me move on, Frankie, and let me get to the Bills and the Dolphins, where the biggest story of the game wasn't necessarily what was on the field, but what was said by broadcaster Adam Archuleta here in the month of November. $30 mustache. Like, oh. what's it going to be, right? <laughs> Can we get you to grow the stash next week? I could probably squeeze out maybe a 30 Sanchez. Not, not really. A what? Uh, what? What was that, Danny? Yeah, what did he say? Can we just re- rewind that and play it one more time? I didn't hear it. I can maybe squeeze out a what? $30 mustache. Like, oh. what, what's it going to be, right? <laughs> can we get you to grow the stash next week? I could probably squeeze out maybe a 30 Sanchez. Not, huh. not really. Huh. Oh, oh, a Mark Sanchez, Greg. I believe he said a Mark Sanchez, right? What is going on, man? I mean, look. You're not always going to know the lingo, like what's going on in the world, Greg. Can't say that. But if you don't know it, just you, don't say it. You don't it. know it. You don't know it. <laughs> he said he could, maybe I could squeeze out a Dirty Sanchez. I'm not going to say it. But what is... All right, well, Adam Marshalletta will send you a link to Urban Dictionary, and, and you can look that up on your own. But yeah, shout out to Adam Archuleta. Don't Just avoid things if you don't know what they mean, Greg. When it comes to the Miami Dolphins in this game, Devontae Parker, I believe that he is a must-start wide receiver, man. Shout out to EY, our guy. I hope EY is doing all right, too, because he's having some surgery this week. Uh, he's not going to be on the show, but shout out to EY. Uh, well wishes for him as uh, he is prepping for surgery. But Devontae Parker, Greg, seven receptions for 135 yards against Tredavious White and this Bills secondary. He is legitimately a must-start wide receiver. Back-to-back games with double-digit targets. They don't really have anyone else that they can throw the ball to outside of you know some dump-offs to Patrick Laird, who is... I guess the Dolphins version of Danny Woodhead all of a sudden. Uh, but yeah, Devontae Parker is legit. Kalen Blage is not. Move on from there. Josh Allen was great yesterday, Greg. Awesome. The schedule. About to get a lot tougher for both Josh Allen and John Brown. John Brown finishes with 14 targets, 9 receptions, 137 yards, and 2 touchdowns. On Friday when we were previewing this game and just the slate in general, we reminded you that John Brown has been one of the most consistent wide receivers. He's had such a safe floor. Yesterday, we were reminded of the ceiling, Greg. Absolutely. Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen, what we saw yesterday um, was awesome. And as you said, the schedule was getting tougher. But John Brown, which you just pointed out, unbelievable. I mean, it's been him and Michael Thomas. Crazy. You yeah. never ne- the, the John only, Brown thing. The only two wide receivers in the NFL with at least 50 receiving yards in every single game. You named this John Brown. You nailed this John Brown thing, uh, as I said. So well done by you. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome, Frankie. Speaking of Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints, they got back on track yesterday, facing off against the Tampa Bay Bucks and a Jameis Winston who continues to be terrible. I'm surprised, like we saw the Titans step up and play with Ryan Tannehill. Why, why, why do we have to continue to see Jameis Winston? 
I just don't think that they have a lot of faith in their backup, who is Ryan Griffin, not the tight end. Yes. Ryan Griffin, the quarterback, uh-huh. but Jameis Winston, four more interceptions yesterday. Four more years. Four more years. Oh, God. I mean, this game all around, Greg, was just a massacre from Jameis Winston to O.J. Howard to Ronald Jones to Mike Evans to Chris Godwin, man. Can one team disappoint more fantasy owners on a weekly basis than the Tampa Bay Bucks? I'm waiting because I don't think that it's possible. I mean, there are so many fantasy viable players on this team and really, really talented players who are held down every week either by their own play or by the play of Jameis Winston or or by game flow when it comes to Ronald Jones, obviously. But it was a tough matchup here going up against the New Orleans Saints. During the week, they said, yes, we could get Ronald Jones even more involved as a receiver. What happens? Peyton Barber with a receiving touchdown. All right, well, uh, O.J. Howard coming off a game where he had seven targets. He scored a touchdown. That means good things are starting to to come for O.J. Howard. We should be excited about O.J. Howard. Well, he gets a ball thrown into the middle of his chest. He bobbles it. It ends up behind his back. It ends up in the hands of a Saints defender. Yep. And he's benched for the rest of the game. Cameron Brait now comes in. 14 targets and 10 receptions for Cameron Brait. O.J. Howard, man, it is over. It is over. Between me and you, between you and all your fantasy owners, drop this guy. I am done with O.J. Howard. We are not doing this ever again, or at least this season. (laughs) But uh, ultimately, Greg, is bad performance for Mike Evans, bad performance for Chris Godwin. Godwin has not been the same. He got in the end zone, but uh, the yardage totals haven't been there. On the other side, Alvin Kamara against a really, really tough Bucks run defense actually looked really good, had 10 receptions as well. Michael Thomas, just ridiculous. What else can you say about this guy? The most consistent fantasy wide receiver, the most consistent real-life wide receiver in the game right now. Michael Thomas, as good as ever, still on pace, I believe, to the most receptions in the history of the NFL. Yep, passing, he would pass Marvin Harrison's record yeah, of 140. I gave you that one, you didn't know it at the time. Now you give it out like it's water. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Greg. No worries. Thanks man. for your knowledge. That's what I bring to the program. <laughs> that's, just, that's just what I bring. All right, uh, moving on. New England and Philadelphia, the Patriots, never a doubt. Never a doubt. Greg, I mean, come on. You don't have to overthink these things. Greg, yeah, I don't. Greg and I told you last week. You we know, told you. People were trying to get cute. They were trying mm-hmm, to get involved mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm, Eagles. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the money line. Oh, but but uh, you can run the ball against the Eagles right now. No, it doesn't matter. This is the time. I will say this. The Patriots did not look great by oh, any no, means. Oh, no, they were terrible. They did not look great. Very bad. But never in doubt. Never in doubt, Greg. They are now 9-1. and one. They covered the spread yesterday, as we said they were going to do. This Patriots offense is very bad. Tom Brady threw the ball 47 times yesterday. He was 26 of 47, 4.6 yards per attempt. I saw a tweet that his touchdown percentage is 3.5%. It's not looking good for Tom Brady right now. They can't run the football either. Sony Michelle has not been good. Uh, so we'll have to see what, what what's going on with this Patriots offense. You know Julian Edelman is going to get his. Mohamed Sanu, I am sorry. I apologize, man. I mean, this guy shows up with two receptions for four yards. Just a complete dud. One of the biggest losers yesterday. We thought we were going to get a big Miles Sanders game. He was fine, Greg. 11 carries for 38 yards. Uh, we I gave you the stat out on Friday that the Patriots have struggled against uh, running backs recently. So I thought it was going to be a good game for whoever was there, whether it was Jordan Howard or... Miles Sanders, J.H.I. in this one, Greg, did not see the field. Although they said that he was going to play, uh, he did not play he was an emergency. a single snap. Uh, Zach Ertz, we're, I think we're going to start to see this consistent Zach Ertz because they don't have anyone else to throw the ball to. Dallas Goddard, also a really, really good pickup going up against the Seattle Seahawks next week. They allow the ninth most fantasy hey, points to Frank, opposing tight ends. Throw me the ball. What's up? 
Remember them all. All right, all right. Let's let's either go up to the wide camera. All right, here we go. All right. I shouldn't have threw it that high in my that, head. That was me. It's Nelson Aguilar blowing the game yesterday. <laughs> and of course, the video of the guy calling out Nelson Aguilar goes viral once again because Nelson Aguilar cannot catch the ball. You have one job. For the New England Patriots yesterday, Julian Edelman did lead this team in receiving 5 of 53. He threw a touchdown as well. Uh, that saved his day. Tony Romo, man, called. He's like, listen, this is going to be, he goes, this is going to be something tricky because if the Patriots need a play, they do something tricky. Next play, Julian Edelman throws a touchdown. Romo's ridiculous. Edelman dropped a touchdown, which sucked. Um, but Edelman, still a guy you want to own in New England, really more than anybody, I would say. Uh, ben Watson, welcome back. Ben Watson, he only had four targets yesterday, Greg. I know that you were a little bit more excited about him than I was, but they spread the ball around. Outside of Julian Edelman, you know, we had three, three, four targets to Mohamed Sanu. Even Nikhil Harry was active yesterday, was a little bit involved, but uh, it seems like outside of Julian Edelman, they're probably just going to spread the ball around. All right, a couple more losers I want to get to very, very quickly. Robert Woods caused all of you to be a loser out of nowhere. I'm out. I had two leagues, personal. I, and I hope everything's all right with him, obviously, right? Yeah, Whenever you see something that's point. personal-related, but it, it sucks for fantasy because in a lot of Not leagues Gurley, that, I, that I played in, um, you know, he once that once the game start, you can't pick up anyone else. And I didn't even have another wide receiver. I right. didn't have a Sammy Watkins. I, I, Hardman, I didn't have a, you know, a Bears wide receiver to, to throw in my lineup, so cool. that sucked. Todd Gurley, big winner yesterday, man. It was his first game all season with over 20 carries, Greg. Cooper Cup, only 3 for 53. No squeaky wheel for him. Just 11 completed passes by Jared Goff. I didn't like Taylor Gabriel yesterday as well. Jared Goff, very bad. These things. Mitchell Trubisky, very bad. He has a hip pointer. You know what that means? Chase Daniel is in there. Benched! That's what Trubisky is. For Frank, I'm Greg. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. I have Hollywood Brown as a loser from yesterday. Sure. The reason being, he has not had more than four targets in a game since returning from injury. Now, I understand a lot of these games have been blowouts where they don't really need him to do anything. And, you know, they're playing with a positive game script where they're just turning and handing the ball off to Mark Ingram or handing the ball off to Gus Edwards and those guys are making plays. Or Lamar Jackson's just going out there and running by himself. But ultimately... We have to start to downgrade Hollywood Brown because I really liked him for this matchup. It was a good matchup. The Houston Texans secondary is not a good one. Lamar Jackson still threw for four touchdowns yesterday. And the upcoming schedule, this is the main part, Greg. The next three games for the Baltimore Ravens at the LA Rams. So that means Hollywood Brown is likely going to see Jalen Ramsey. Sure. Then the San Francisco 49ers, who they have one of the best secondaries in the league. Yep. And then after that, they face the Buffalo Bills. Again, a tough matchup for wide receivers, likely going to see Tredavious White. So I think we have to start to downgrade Hollywood Brown more so into that you know, boom, bust, low-end wide receiver three territory. I think so, too. I don't think you could rely on Hollywood Brown as you did earlier this year, unfortunately. I completely, completely agree with you. Let me go to the other side with the Houston Texans, where Deshaun Watson had the biggest defeat in his football career yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, really? Where'd you hear that, Greg? 
No, I'm just because the broadcast said it like 12 times, times yeah. dude, in a matter of a minute. This is the biggest deficit of his career. This is the, the, the biggest margin of, of loss that he's ever yep. suffered in his college and his NFL career, which, okay, that's fine. Like, we understand, you know, you could have said it, you know, one, two, maybe three times. But, yep. dude, how many times did they say that yesterday? I mean, this was bad. He was sacked six times. We know that the Texans' offensive line is not a good one, but coming into this game, the Baltimore Ravens were in the bottom of the league in pressures, Greg. Yep. So I know that they have a good defense. I, I will credit that to their secondary. These were coverage sacks, right? Because you see Deshaun Watson running around, running for his life, and usually after he runs around, he makes crazy plays. He throws the ball down the field to DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, one of the tight ends, whatever it might be. That didn't happen yesterday. Nope. This Baltimore Ravens secondary is legit, Greg. Since they have acquired Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith has come back from injury, we're talking about one of the best secondaries in the league right now. And the broadcast also brought this up, so I will give them credit. But Marcus Peters is playing at an all-pro level once again. Sure. I mean, he it, limited DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. You, that pass interference was very obvious. So I'm trying to figure out what's changed in Marcus Peters. Like, why he's all of a sudden good again. It could be the scheme, yeah. you know, maybe I don't know much about the Ravens defense in terms of do they play more man coverage, do they play more, yep. you know, zone coverage, but the scheme might just be a better fit for Marcus Peters. And we've always known this. We know that he's a talented player. He's more of a, you know, he's a gambler. He takes risk, you know, he's willing to jump routes in order to get interceptions and, yep. and break up passes. But at times he gives up big plays as well. But you know, credit to this Ravens defense, Sean Watson, one of the biggest losers from yesterday, did not. Register a touchdown, threw an interception, sacked six times. DeAndre Hopkins, fine, seven receptions for 80 yards, but he's not really giving you what you were expecting coming into the season either. This entire Houston Texans team yesterday, they were all losers.